Final Boy Status is a podcast about scary movies and the stuff that happens in them. The entire horror genre is generally frightening and disturbing. So if you're a kid, be sure to ask your parents if it's okay for you to listen. Or don't. You'd probably be cooler if you didn't ask for their permission. But then again, I won't tell you how to live your life. Also, we will be discussing spoilers during this podcast, so don't say we didn't warn you. everybody welcome back this is another episode of final boy status we're back in your hearts and in your ears and i'm really excited to be here uh i am luke howiter i am hosting this week adam bone and lance and lappin are out because of a scheduling conflict but i have wonderful guests and i'm really excited to introduce them i'm very excited to introduce them so sitting directly in front of me is the one the only chelsea don <laughs> Hi, um, my name is Chelsea. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I have recently gotten into horror in the past two-ish years, so I'm pretty new to the genre. Recent convert. I'm really excited to get to chat about movies, my favorite thing. <laughs> but we have we have another guest that we need to introduce. She is sitting also in front of me, but at a different <laughs> angle. And she is Marissa Powell. Hello. That is me. I am Marissa Powell. I'm so excited to be here. Like, when Luke texted me, I was like, oh my goodness, the honor. But yeah, like Chelsea, I'm like super new into the genre. I loved it when I was like a young teenager. But then I got I got super afraid and I <laughs> ran away from horror movies. I hated it. But I'm ready. I'm, I'm like, I love it. I love horror so much. It's... It's very near and dear to my heart in such a short amount of time. So I feel like it's such a subversive genre. Yeah. Especially yeah. modern horror, like mm-hmm. as we've seen it lately. So I feel like there's so so many exciting things happening. Like I love it. Right. So to tell you a little bit, uh, in case you're new to our podcast, we're the podcast dedicated to figuring out whether or not average people could survive horror movies. Because we've all been in a situation where we're hanging out at a party, just trying to enjoy a good movie. And there's some stick in the mud the whole time there, just talking about, oh, this is so dumb. These people are so dumb. I could totally survive this. Well, you know what? We're take, we're going to put you to the test. We're going to decide whether or not an average person actually could survive all of your favorite horror movies. Oh, no. We're going to break it down. Oh, gosh. And today, we have a really interesting one. Oh, yeah. I, I have to admit, when I started the movie, the first 20 minutes, I was like, this is a mistake. I don't think this movie is very good. And then all of a sudden, a hard left turn. Yeah. And I loved it. Really? I, I, that was I sort feel of my like, opinion. Yeah, I experienced something really similar with it where I wasn't really sure kind of going into it. But I mean, like once like everything started happening, I was like, okay. <laughs> it, it became a really fun... It's not... I wouldn't even call it a slasher as much as like... I don't know. Yeah, it's a home invasion film. Like, yeah. No, I mean, there's no need for ambiguity. I can give you some info on the movie right away. We are, of course, talking about Your Next. So it was initially released in 2011 when it started doing the whole, uh, you know, uh, um, film festival circuit. And then it got a wide release in 2013. It was directed by Adam Wingard and written by Simon Barrett, the team that would go on to create The Guest, uh, the 2016 requel of Blair Witch, and they're working on an upcoming film called I Saw the Devil. But uh, So as far as this film, sort of interesting, Simon Barrett wrote the script after Wingard mentioned to him once that home invasion movies were the only films that still truly frightened him. So Barrett drew inspiration from Agatha Christie mysteries, screwball comedies, and the 1971 film A Bay of Blood. Right, so we should probably jump into the movie a bit here. So yes. Uh, this this is a, actually a film that I hadn't seen before. I was familiar sort of with some of the things that made it more famous. Of course, it's pretty famous for basically redefining what it means to be a final girl. Because if we look at this movie, it has a body count of 15 people. Yeah. Everybody but Aaron, the final girl. Nice. And she is actually responsible for killing half of those people. Yeah. 
I was I was so rooting for her by the end. I yeah. was like, kill oh, it, kill she's, it. She's amazing. She's great. She's so that, good. That like final part where like Crispin comes in, and I was like, one Crispin is a stupid name. I literally <laughs> would not shut up about how much I hated oh, the name yeah. Crispin. I had the subtitles turned on too, and it was spelled Crispian. I was like, this dude deserves to die for being yeah, named Crispin name. and having it spelled C R I S P I A N. Like Chelsea's boyfriend was like. Isn't that the guy from Narnia? And I was like, <laughs> no! <laughs> that was... Oh my gosh. Yeah, but like, that's Caspian. <laughs> You're close. I mean, this is a this is a fantastic cast, though. Of course, we have uh, Aaron, our final girl, is played by Sharni Vinson. Is she actually Australian? Yes. Okay, that's... She a... is, in yeah. fact, Australian. I thought. I she loved her phenomenal. accent. We have Nicholas Tucci as um, Felix. Uh, Felix's girlfriend, Z, was played by Wendy Glenn. Funny enough... Sharni Vinson and Wendy Glenn were roommates when they were both cast in the movie. Oh and and they were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Please say that, that one more time. I missed what you said because we were being stupid. Uh, perfect. I was just saying that they're still friends today. They're still very close friends. Oh, awesome. uh, and then we have AJ Bowen as Crispin. 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 We have Freaking uh, Crispin. Joe Swanberg playing the older brother whose name I'm blanking on. So sort of a funny story about that. So uh, Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard, while they worked on this movie, they were also working on the movie VHS, which of course was sort of like a vignette of various horror stories, each written by different people and each directed by different people. Two of the other directors working on VHS at the time were Ty West and Joe Swanberg. So Joe Swanberg, of course, was the older brother in this movie. And Ty West was Tariq, the guy who dies first. Oh. So they got cast in this movie basically because they were friends with the writer and director. Isn't that how Which it Which makes it is? even weirder that Nepotism. Joe Swanberg was like the final boy. Because <laughs> he was like a, basically a cameo. <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. I mean, I thought he was, he was good. He played his role very yeah. well. He was... Oh, yeah. No, none of the cast is like misstepping at all. Everybody's actually really good. Uh, there's a, like, I don't know, there's a couple of awkward spots yeah. sort of in the beginning of the film, and I think that's actually just because large sections of the beginning of the film were actually improvised. So most of the written material happened starting with the first attack on. Oh. So most of the family interaction stuff was improvised. That's interesting because I remember specifically noticing, I, I felt like the dialogue felt very organic. Like the yeah. way that they spoke, the way they sort of spoke over each other. And So knowing now that that's improvised, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it works to the movie's detriment and to its benefit, mm-hmm. I think, because there's a couple of awkward moments where it's like, okay, weird Im- improv pause, but then a couple of moments where it's really really good yeah. right joe swanberg plays the older brother uh amy simitz plays amy in the movie for like what like five minutes oh yeah a brutally short part that part she is Oof. but I... she's killing it yeah though, lately really what's she doing what's she well for instance she's featured prominently in alien covenant stranger things and the 2019 remake of pet cemetery wait who is she in stranger things uh <laughs> so Eleven's real mom. Oh, her sister is. I. How did I not recognize her? Because something that was interesting for me about this movie is I went into it really not recognizing or knowing any of the actors yeah. from anything else. Like I hadn't to be fair, seen. Apparently, most of them were directors. I mean, that would explain it. So it was really interesting not being because I I spend half of the time I spend watching movies being like, who's that person from? Pulling out my letterbox and being like, what have I seen them in? <laughs> you yeah. know, and so it was I'm the same way. Hence all these. <laughs> yeah. So I I was was didn't do that. I didn't even recognize her. I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. And now that you say that, I'm like, that is totally who she was. So that's funny. Yeah. So uh, getting back to your next, should we talk? So first we talk about our general opinions of the film. So we rate the movie on two factors. We rate it for how scary it is. And then we rate the movie in general and both categories we rate out of 13 because this is a spooky podcast. (laughs) So uh, Chelsea, what for, for spookiness, how would you rate this movie? Spookiness? I don't know. I mean, home invasion movies really unsettle me. Just in general, I mean, it's that along the lines of the realistic horror that, you know, this could really happen to you, you know, aliens may or may not be real. That's another conversation, but we don't have time to get into that. We don't have time to get into that. I'm obsessed with the X-Files. Anyway, so, but yeah, home invasion movies really have always freaked me out. Uh, there were some pretty good jump scares that yeah. got me in this one, I will admit. Mm-hmm. I It didn't give me a sense of dread. Like, I wasn't dreading, yeah. I, it, you know. So I'd say maybe I'd give it, like, a, 
I'm trying to adjust now that it's out of 13. Maybe like a 9 out of 13 for scariness. Okay. Like, it's up there. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty high. And um, what are we also reading it on? Just in general. Just in yeah, general. Just, just how you would rate the movie as oh a whole. Oh my goodness, I just burped. I'm so sorry. I think I'd, I think I'd well, also give it... Thank you. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I think I would also give it a 9 out of 13. Okay. Like, it, it feels... So... Part of, for me, when I'm rating movies, a lot of it is it's staying power with me. And so it's like, I'll have like an initial impression and then I'll oftentimes go back and change my rating of a movie because it, how it settles in me. And since I watched it just last night, it like hasn't quite settled yet, but I feel like for the budget that it had, you know, the kills were fun. Yeah. The pacing was great, which like, there was some pride, there was some surprisingly funny moments in the movie. Yeah. So like, very, very dark overall. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed it like it's not like up there with like oh i want to watch it again immediately you know but i i really liked it so yeah maybe nine nine out of thirteen feels feels good feels organic (laughs) and how about you marissa how would you rate this movie i i kind of struggled with it a little bit i the kills were really good i loved the kills in this they were super fun but also to me i was like oh it's kind of like we kind of know a lot of the tropes in it and so like the home invasion and stuff and so I would I would put it at about like a seven. I would say seven for me because for like for scariness for scary, or for, oh okay. for scariness because okay. the kills and the jump scares the I got I got every jump scare like it got me like <laughs> like little yelps like a, I was a chihuahua um, <laughs> but uh, yeah so those really got me and I loved like how fun that like especially the blender oh the blender, the blender. Like, I. transcended realms that was insane that yeah i was like okay i could like for like some of my qualms like i had with the movie i was like i can forgive it all because of that blender scene like (laughs) i was like watching that and i was like holy i was like oh they did that that was so the genius of watching her process what she was doing as she was doing it so good just spotting the blender blades slamming them into the head making the choice to plug it into the wall and hit on and then watching oh that it just was whoa boy we were like freaking out we were like no is she she's we're like she's not gonna turn it on i thought she was just gonna like beat him to death like with the blender but i'm like you can't it's like chekhov's blender like you can't introduce a blender into a kill and not turn it on (laughs) it reminded me like I was saying this in the car on the way over here. It reminded me of like last house on the left, like when the with like the microwave. Oh, I've never interesting. Seen it. Yeah, like that. That's what it reminded me. Like I think because of the like home invasion, like the gremlin, of it. Yeah. like from Gremlins when she puts the gremlin in the microwave. <laughs> that was very formative for me in my I've youth. Never seen it's gremlins. Just like that, yeah. Gremlins is like when you talk like what got you into horror gremlins was very formative for me traumatized me as a kid but very good classic i yeah i never i was such a baby like i'm still oh i was too i i wouldn't even watch labyrinth with like my mom tried to watch it with me and i just hated it i was like everyone talks funny and they kidnapped the baby and (laughs) i don't like this so that's so sad i I love that i'm actually obsessed with it now as an adult it's like one of my favorite favorite movies it's but so when i was a kid i just like hated it <laughs> i guess according to my mom no, i get that i still to this day i know that my opinion will change if i actually sit down and watch mm-hmm. it but i can't bring myself to rewatch the dark crystal because as a kid it made me like crap i my pants. hated I so that movie as a kid I... Did not watch but it. i didn't i didn't like the puppetry style the puppetry style made me like it just it was like uncanny valley i think was what it hmm. I just didn't like the, but I haven't, I, that's one that I want to watch as an adult because I think I would yeah. appreciate it differently. I really feel like I should go back and revisit it. Cause I think my opinion would change dramatically, but still to this day, I'm really weirdly freaked out about the notion of watching it. And okay. We, are, yeah. We were talking about, um, spooky ratings. We're, yeah. We were talking about spooky ratings. Then you, then we talked about the blender and you got really excited. Yeah. The blender was so good. Though. Blender was so good. Great. Like kill. that, like, can I genuinely say that the thing about this movie is it's okay for like the first half, mm-hmm. but then you reach that sort of midpoint where it switches from the invaders killing the family to Aaron killing the family, and the movie goes from like an okay movie to like a ma- that was Fun. my that was like yeah. my take on it was like when the roles sort of reverse yeah and she's the one like kicking butt. 
that's when the whole movie gets like kicked into overdrive and so like i would it's agree. sort of like a yeah. build in the movie of like all right okay okay Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely a good build to it in that way. Yeah. And, like, you... Yeah. She's, like, doing these, like, crazy things, like, because of her, like, survivalist training. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, what's she going to do next? Like, how she... freaking yeets herself out the window. Oh, my gosh. No hesitation. No no hesitation. Oh, my gosh. Which is... I mean, we'll get into this later, but, like, whether or not I would survive this movie, (laughs) I'm doubtful. Like, I... I myself out a window. There there are a lot of horror movies that I watch, and I'm like, you know what? There... I would... I would survive this. I would survive this. I think there are ways... But, like, this is one where it's, like, you know, you're so outnumbered, and you're outnumbered in the house as well, because, you know, people are in on it, and... I, I just am like, I don't know if I'd be as smart as she was. No. Yeah. The chair, like when she was like, grab the chairs. Oh, even just that, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh. I would have just been crawling on the ground like, yeah, hope this too. works. I was like, well, here goes nothing. And then I would be the next person to get an arrow through the eyeball. Like, oh my gosh. That, yeah. Yeah, but, something I thought that was interesting about that is, you know, when you were so used to like getting final girls who, I mean, a lot of finer girls can get through on their luck, and a lot of them do get through on their smarts, but we're never given, like, a true explanation for, like, why they might know how to survive something like this. So I thought it was interesting that they gave her a backstory to make it make sense that she survives this, because if they hadn't given her that, like, I think as an audience, people still would have bought that she could survive this, because yeah. we're yeah. so used to just seeing final girls, something bad happens, and they just snap into gear, and they think fast on their feet. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's like, oh, no, like, <laughs> I grew up on a survivalist compound. Like, I was taught how to survive, and that's why I can survive this crazy event, yeah. you know? Yeah. And we, we'll we get into that a little bit more when we talk about, like, the victims and the final girl yeah. and all that. Um, but right, so uh, spookiness and general opinion of the movie. Yeah, I gave it I gave it a 7 for spookiness because... Solid. Solid. Like, you know... Typical home invasion, but the kills were really good and the jump scares really got me. I would I would probably put it like a put it at a seven for like how much I enjoyed it. Like there were okay. there were parts that I was like, uh, but then there were other instances where I got really into it and I was like really enjoying like the story and like how clever like some of the aspects of it were. So I yeah. I put a good halfway point. Because that's what I put on Letterbox too. So. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd probably put the movie at about a seven for spookiness as well. Yeah. Because again, like you said, there isn't really a feeling of dread. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I said, there's just that midpoint where you're no longer like really scared so much as you're like, kick their butt. Like you're yeah, just getting get psyched. Yeah. So no, there's not like a feeling of dread in the movie, which is something I was sort of missing. Yeah. But I do think that it could spook you when it wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I will give it that. And not only just like the killer side of things, but even when it switches over and it's like her hunting them. Yeah. There were some moments in that that were genuinely creepy and interesting. Like when she sets up the camera and then beats the dude with the log. That, that was even oh kind of freaky. Gosh. That was, I think my other favorite sequence, like the blender yeah. and then the camera, like, the fact like, that those two sequences exist in the same movie. It's crazy. Like They're both very original and like imaginative. And I, I, and you're like the the flashes and you're just waiting for her to like get him and you're just like come on get him get him and then like the payoff the sweet sweet payoff all of her kills are so good especially i mean when she kills crispin too oh my god i mean watching Mm. and waiting for her to make that decision and just watching her face and like it that honestly was a little bit scary just watching the way that she just like no mercy yeah Yeah. i mean granted like you look at what she'd been through the whole movie and you're just like i get it yeah oh no i'm surprised she didn't do it sooner Uh, i know (laughs) i was for a long time i know i was like stop letting him monologue just like (laughs) slash his throat Uh, he was such a loser i hated him so much and he's like babe think about your student loans and i'm like contemporary i understand but also like (laughs) shut up dude (laughs) i i could not stand that guy like even at the beginning you're supposed to be i guess like experiencing sympathy for him because he's having trouble at his job and he's having money troubles and then like his brother's harassing him because he started dating his ta but I just couldn't feel bad for the guy. Oh, I like, never yeah. felt bad for him. Yeah. No. When I like didn't even realize he was like 
he like left the movie and i wasn't ever like yeah, he was gone for like a good 45 minute chunk if yeah, he had really... to come back it wouldn't I have, have changed that much yeah. about the movie, yeah. honestly. Well, and I, I was waiting for him to come back because I was like, okay, he's mis- he's the only one who's mysteriously disappeared. He abandoned yeah. his girlfriend, which, like, wimp, total d- move, right? Yeah. And I'm like, so he has to be in on it. Like, I suspected that because I was like, there's no way, because he's the one who brought her there. You know, I would be so mad. Like, yeah. you're willing to put me through this trauma just to get some, like, insurance, or not insurance, his like, inheritance, inheritance money. Yeah. I mean, we're already kind of in that category anyway. So now we get to the section of the podcast where we profile the killers. Okay. So we let's let's talk about. I mean, killers. We're not going to include Aaron in this category. Yeah. But so let's talk about like if we were the uh, what, what was the name of the family? It was the Davison. If we were in the Davison family, mm-hmm. if we were there in this situation. Like, what threat do the killers pose to us? Like, we kind of have to examine them. Well, I think part of the danger of those killers specifically is they they didn't really feel like they had a lot to lose. Yeah. Yeah. They were pretty fearless and a little bit chaotic, too. I mean, like, the choice of using a crossbow instead of, like, a gun, (laughs) like a normal person. You know, me of Hush. Yeah. Well, it actually mm. reminded me a lot of Ready or Not. Like, the family mm, yeah. dynamic, the one-house setting location, the kill. Like, it, a lot of it reminded me a lot of Ready or Not. And Hush, too. Like, yeah. another very similar home invasion movie. Uh, funny enough, like, the, the collective of creators who made Ready or Not, they, they operate under the name Radio Silence. Uh, they were collaborating on VHS at the same time oh, no with way. all of these guys. Yeah. So it's interesting that they're sort of it's all parallel. Like buddy, buddy, yeah. yeah. They're all interwoven now. And now those guys are doing Scream, which is cool. I'm so excited. Scream. I think but, it'll um, be really good. But anyway, yeah, um, kind of piggybacking on what you were saying, like, I think the most upsetting scene in the film for me personally was Kelly's death. It, it was it was much like the other deaths there was sort of a weird fun to them like it was dark and it was twisted mm-hmm. but there was like as an audience member you were like okay that's kind of funny kelly's death was just so brutal like he punches her through the window yeah and then she crawls away and he's just like oh through the broken glass too yeah. like you can yeah, see it like yeah. in her arms oh that was so and he just like lackadaisically strolls over yeah. and like pins her down it was like really really hard to watch and it was definitely, like, the meanest kill of the movie. Yeah. But it does really set up, like, what these killers are like pretty well. Where it's, they're not messing around. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They they know how to take a life, and that's not a big deal to them. It means nothing to them. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that's, like, the real scary part about them is just how ruthless they are. Yeah. But on kind of the flip side of it, they're also kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my brother. That was my brother. <laughs> She killed my brother, man. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I will agree. Like, they didn't seem the most intelligent, but they did have that inside help. Yeah. And just they had this major confidence that they were going to get away with everything that they were doing. So they didn't hold back at all. They, yeah. they weren't worried about being caught. They knew they had the cell phone blockers, so they weren't worried about someone calling the police. Like, yeah. so there's definitely, like, an aspect of, like, they, they – in the beginning, at least, they had the power yeah. in this situation because everyone was freaking out. And, like, the, oh, my, the the wire in the door. Oh, my gosh, that the was wire. Can we talk brutal. about that for a second? That because was that was... insane. And it was crazy because when I was watching it, I was like, I could feel it. Somehow, something yeah. in me, I was like, I know that there's a wire there. Oh, really? I, I don't know. And it, so it just, like, watching that happen, just the doors opening and watching her run at it and seeing the wire before the, she does and, oh, the way that it just slices oh, into her yeah. neck. So brutal. So, but, I mean, you can see that, you know, they were waiting. They scouted out the house. So they had the advantage of the territory almost, you know, setting up their little home alone. Like, which, yeah. granted, Erin turns on the head later in the movie when she sets up the axe. The axe. But, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, she does some pretty pretty intense booby trapping herself. Yeah. But yeah, yes. Like, the wire. That Ooh, one. The wire. I was like, oh, like, she's probably going to get, like, an arrow. 
Like, she's gonna, like, run and, like, make it kind of far, and then she's gonna get, like, shot or something. I had, like, it did not even cross my mind that they would have, like, put a wire there, and it, like, yeah. it hurt. Like, as I watched it, I was oh. like, oh, oh, no. And, and the like, aftermath of it, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Like, the oh, acting like... on display, I mean, the parents just screaming and screaming. I yeah. mean, uh, like, to call out Icon, Barbara Crampton is in this movie as... Mm-hmm. Aubrey Davison, of course, uh, you know, she was in Reanimator, From Beyond, Body Double, Chopping Mall. Like, she's a legendary horror actress, and I've never seen... Yeah. I've seen, like, a few of her movies, and I've never seen a performance like this. Like, just how pure devastated she is. And then, of course, the Well, dad. she kept moaning, like, my baby, my yeah. baby. And that was, like, ooh. That like was deeply affecting. And then even, like, uh, Joe Swanberg playing Drake, like, just the shocked look on his face. Like, he isn't even processing what's happening. I mean, how do you process that? Yeah. It was insane. I think I kind of, like, had to shut down, like, part of that. And I think maybe that's why I didn't, like, because I, like, the scenes like that where it was just, like, so real and, like, the family, like, just, like, mourning. I was like, I gotta, I gotta take a step back and just be, like, Even, like, Drake's final moments when... Felix tells him that Kelly's dead. Yeah. And he just, like, loses his crap. Yeah. Like, even that, I was like... Because you know what's about to happen. Yeah. Like, it's what has to happen. Yeah. But it's still just like, man, this guy, like, not only does Felix... Not only is Felix going to kill this guy, he's just going to totally rip him apart emotionally before he does it, too. Oh, yeah. Ooh. The fact that it took, like, seven, like, screwdrivers or whatever... I was like, stop, like... I was like, you've done enough. Well, and what Stop what does it. he say at that point? He's like, will you just die already? Like, this is hard enough for me. Yeah. That and was I, the moment I was like, this guy is the best actor of our generation. <laughs> I was because... like, dude. I loved the visual of the screwdriver sticking out of his chest, too. Like, yeah, it was so good. It, oh. was, it was so brutal. Can we talk about the the scene where Z tries to, like, have sex with Felix, like, on the bed right next to the corpse? <laughs> She's like, you never do anything exciting. And he's like, like, you're going to look at me and tell me that right now? <laughs> <laughs> I what was his line where he's like like she yeah yeah she's like I want you to bang me on the bed next next to your, your dead, dead mom. mom and he goes why why are you say why how can you even say that to me right now <laughs> I was like it was so weird to see him be like it was it was hilarious like upset and it. upsetting you don't get to be upset yeah I was like you crossed that line when you stuck like seven screwdrivers in your well, brother yeah and i mean the way that he acts too and like he watches his dad's throat get slit like oh you had to do that right in front of me like it's an interesting balance for felix and for crispin who are both in on this scheme yeah. right how they react yeah. to things because they're in on it but yeah. they also they they react semi-normally but almost just like they're inconvenienced by like how this is all yeah. going down like you it's, guys were supposed well, to just get in and out Get it's in, sort of murder my weird family. Too, because Crispin feels this intense need to stay above it, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, Felix like he's in it. Yeah, he'll get down and he'll get dirty. Like he's the scarier of the brothers for yeah. sure, because he's not afraid to actually like get his hands dirty. Like yeah. one one line that stood out to me is when so Crispin calls and he's like, "Hey, the I can see the cell service is back up. Are you guys done?" And he's so just logistical about yeah. it. Like, you know, yeah. he doesn't even ask like, "Oh, did my girlfriend survive? Like, did you make sure they didn't kill Aaron?" <laughs> like, you know. And then he's like, "Oh, I'm coming inside. It's cold out here." Like, it's just yeah, so like was, disconnected yeah. from like what is happening. Like, he's able to just like compartmentalize, I guess, that like his whole family's just been brutally murdered, and he's just like. But, hun, you're going to pay off your student loans. You won't I, have to have a job. I think it's interesting because it kind of plays into, like, privilege and stuff like that. Mm. Because it's, like, it's this very privileged family. And, like, like even in, like, the grossest and, like, when it's, like, getting, like, dark and stuff, they're still, like, privileged and acting, like, inconvenienced by, like, oh, this person is dead. Like, I have, like, a house in the Hamptons, and yeah. I, blah, 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 and you're, like, you're just, like, oh, my gosh. Well, and they have, like, the, no the sense biggest, of loyalty to yeah. each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was gonna say, like, the biggest moment that made me go, like, oh, my gosh, these people are, like, so upper class and so annoying. Mm-hmm. The first moment that made me do that was after the death of Amy, when the dad just takes the mom upstairs and is, like, all right, go to sleep. It's time for a nap, darling, don't Return worry about to it. our bedroom. <laughs> don't worry, there's probably not a murderer in there. Yeah, okay, and the part where, so he lays her down, oh, and she grabs gosh. him, and she's, like, don't leave me. I'm, like, I'd be so mad if someone left me alone. Yeah, after I'd be something like, like that. 
And then she gets murdered two the seconds shot later. Of the guy's hand, the hand coming out from under the oh bed. Oh my gosh. That was, that was a good, that was really so effective. Good. Yeah. Because so, I mean, as a kid, like, you're always scared of the monster under the bed. So when yeah. they actually play into that and there is something under the bed, it's like, whew. I did sleep with my lamp on last night solely <laughs> because of that shot. It got me so good. And that I have to, like, horrifying. lean across. Yeah. I have to lean across to get to my, like, nightstand to, like, pull it. And I was like, no. And see, and that was one thing that was incredibly effective about the killers. And why I don't, and why, like, I'm already going to kind of spoil the end of the podcast a little bit. I don't think average people would stand a chance no. against these killers mm-hmm. because like these guys have been planted in the house for days yeah and they've been learning their way around and they navigate the house and fool the family again and again mm-hmm. like even immediately after killing the mom aubrey he fakes climbing out the window hides right back under the bed and it yeah. fools everybody except for kelly for some reason <laughs> um but it's like just the way he the way they're navigating makes me feel like the only person that really could face up against them and come out victorious is somebody like Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to have some sort of background in knowing how to navigate a situation like that because they have the upper hand. Like, in the power dynamic, like, you have, you know the territory, you've planned everything out. Not only that, but I would imagine that they have intel on each member of the family. Like, I'm sure that they know details from Felix or from Crispin, like, letting them know, like you know, here's what this person's weakness is. Here's where this person's room is. You know, yeah. you just are so helpless in a situation like that. Yeah. Talking about like, if we're in this movie, like something that we would have to, an obstacle we would have to overcome in order to survive is the people we are clo- like drawing closest to us and trusting more and more with each passing minute are the ones killing us. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. The scene that's... where she reaches up and she's about to smack Aaron over the head with that board yeah. and Aaron yeah. turns and she just like lowers it. <laughs> and the fact that like, it's more or less just like lucky that she even finds out that they're in on it because she's hiding in that little spot and they mm-hmm. just like idiotically come out and they're like, Hey, like this isn't what I'm paying you for. Yeah. And she gets to <laughs> Let hear Let me just that. describe to you all of my plans <laughs> in case somebody's listening. <laughs> So it was like one of those things where it's like, yeah, like that's that's brutal because, yeah, like in order to survive, you would have to feel closer and feel more trusting with these people around you. And in this situation, they're the people that want you dead. So in terms of an obstacle to overcome, I don't see how you could. I think it's interesting, too, that it was kind of like every man for himself a little bit. Because, yeah, so like, it's a family. Like, you're supposed yeah. to, like, come together. But it's, like... But even, like, among the couples, like, yeah. it, it turned into self-preservation mode yeah. very, very quickly. Which I, I feel like that's with not... The ex- with the exception of Drake and Kelly, funny enough. Oh, yes, yeah. that's true. Cause, yeah, because she, like, runs away and he tries to chase after her, but he, like, passes he out. He can't, like, for, yeah. Like, for, like, blood loss or something? It's not really Because he has, clear. like, the arrow in the back. When he, he was the only one who seemed, back. like, legitimately By the way, that upset. was kind of hilarious, though. Like, when he hit the arrow on the wire and he's like oh, oh my gosh i cringed so hard i was, I was like, like Oof. it was awful but it made me laugh it was yeah, yeah that was like a good yeah so i think i just think that like you think of like family and when you're watching like a family like get invaded and usually in those movies it's like the family comes together and then they like the troubled daughter she's like she steps up and like protects the mom or whatever and it and like that kind of sense but it was just like no like it was it was interesting to watch this family just disintegrate like yeah. just crumble and fall and it came from the inside it wasn't that it wasn't some outside force that you initially assumed but that it's like people that you like grew up with that are your blood that they could like turn on you and and just do something like so awful for money like it yeah. it it was really interesting to watch that and just think about like my own family dynamics and like not that I think like anyone in my family would murder me hopefully but like um, (laughs) I sure hope not yeah but it it was just interesting because it made me like really think about relationship dynamics and stuff afterwards that's I think that that was what I thought about the most well and something else that was kind of interesting was Erin was almost the one that kind of kept everyone together because she took charge and was kind of ordering everyone around like had she not been there and like had she not been a part of that dynamic like I feel like they would have all died obviously a lot faster because none of them they still would have you know but I feel like she she kind of kept the family together feeling like a family because she was like trying to save everyone nobody else was really like, she was actively, like, 
thinking of everyone around her, whereas everyone else was just like, God, ah, there's arrows coming through the window. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we're basically already into this section of the podcast, but let's get <laughs> let's get to the uh, point where we assess the victims. Okay. I mean, in terms of how how they're acting, I think there's a number of things to point out. One is there's sort of the weirdness of the way they disregard Aaron at first. Yeah. So they lay, they make a lot of poor decisions right at the beginning, and I think that reflects with like the body count, like right at the beginning of the, where basically they lose two people in about five minutes, and then in the next like fifteen they lose two more. Yeah. And it's again what you're talking about, where it's just like a total breakdown self-preservation cutting ties with everyone around you and just trying to take care of yourself i think that's sort of what we're seeing almost in amy i know she's like i'll run and get help like i'm the fastest i want to help the family but i think what that comes down to is she just wants to get Get out of there there, yeah Yeah. and then which um, like i wouldn't want to leave the house at that point yeah which and aaron had the right idea where she was like no like we have to hunker down and we have to stay here and they totally shout her down which is brutal and like she's the only person making any sense right now yeah (laughs) And then, like, the dad, like, doesn't want to deal with the mom, so he go- takes her upstairs and puts her to bed. Yeah. And then, You're like, like oh, yeah, uh, people are trying to murder us, but, honey, would you guys like to go lay in this room by yourself? So, yeah. you know, how smart were their decisions? I'm just going to say right now, just not very smart. They're not very They <laughs> were yeah. not just very didn't smart. Feel very, the only smart yeah. person was Aaron. Right. Yeah. Everybody else, like, when you think about it, like the only person who really survives a meaningful amount of time who wasn't in on the plot is actually drake the older brother and that's just because it almost like, just felt like coincidence yeah yeah that that was just like coincidental you know it like we talk about final girls and the funny thing about like final girls is most of the time it's coincidental that they're the final girl mm-hmm. not not to like downplay what makes them good characters in the movies but like for instance, if you watch like a Friday the 13th movie, more often than not, the final girl is the final girl just because Jason gets to her last. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's like, oh, she's a special one. Better save her for later. Yeah. It's like he's busy killing everybody else. She's just the last one he gets to. So what's interesting in this movie is that there's sort of protection around the final girl at the beginning and that like lets her survive at first. But then she takes it into her own hands and like becomes this force of like kill <laughs> good for her no, no really genuinely good for her good. yeah she is awesome. she's my favorite final girl straight up i've ever fun. seen in a movie yeah yeah i mean it there's something so like from a female perspective on final girls because mm-hmm. i mean i'm as you know like i'm obsessed like, with the concept of a final girl and part of what I love about Final Girls is I feel like there is a lot – women live and exist in a world with a lot of violence, and I feel like women kind of take that and internalize it into themselves. And so there's something really cathartic about watching a woman just, like, go ham, you know, with <laughs> a meat cleaver. Back. Yeah, and so I, I, Aaron is a perfect example of that where it's like – you know, she did what she needed to to survive, but she also had a lot of anger about the situation, and you could see it, and she let that anger out and, like, let it go. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of, like, Sydney from Scream. Yeah, where, mm. you know, like, Sydney at the end of Scream, right, she's mad. She's yeah. pissed. And so, you know, like, I, my favorite thing in Scream is when she takes the time to change into the Scream <laughs> costume. Her dad's still, like, duct taped in the closet, and she's like, I'll, I'll get you later, Dad. I really need yeah. this sense of poetic justice by putting this yeah. costume it, on it's, i would probably do something like that i'm like I, i'll deal with you later a little bit extra yeah now i gotta be extra yeah but i mean like it's like letting that like violence out in a way that like women don't really get to express that a lot because yeah. i feel like women like violence is just like in our dna <laughs> and so it's really like yeah there's something cathartic about watching aaron just like with the meat cleaver or like when he when she stabs crispin in the neck and he's like why and she just goes why the like (laughs) oh my goodness i was like she's right absolutely right oh my gosh like i like i got like little chilies like just thinking about i was like like she didn't have to kill him but she did she did that yeah Yeah, we all wanted it to happen (laughs) so this is such an interesting movie in the fact that there's there's a dichotomy in the characters where basically every character who's not in on the plot is dumb and is absolutely making the wrong decisions. 
But at the same time, looking at it like as an average person, everything they're doing, I'm like, actually, like that makes sense to me. I mean, can you blame them? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're behaving like average people. But then you have Aaron, who's like next level. So it's almost like what it takes to survive this movie is being next level like Aaron. Yeah. yeah. So now the question we need to ask ourselves is, if we were in this movie, could we be as next level as Aaron? And to call out an example we brought up earlier, when the guy comes in the room behind her and she hucks the screwdriver at him, or no, oh yeah, the, and then she the meat tenderizer, and then jumps, and then jumps out the window, right there, straight up. Nope, couldn't do that. No. I could. I mean, but at that point though, are you acting on instinct, yeah. right? Like in in that moment, you're just thinking like survive. Like, like someone's trying to kill me. Where's my nearest point of exit? Is it this window? Yeah. <laughs> like you know. But I think that we are taught, like, a, a certain sense of self-preservation. Yeah, that you have to prepare. Yeah. And, like, you have to always be prepared. Yeah. But I, I also wonder, too, like, okay, place us in that situation with Aaron. I feel like I would I would have the sense to listen to Aaron if she, if she took control and started. Mm-hmm. I'd listen to her. Like, yeah. I'm like, she clearly knows what she's talking about. I don't know where she got this information from, but I'm following her. her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I might survive on that. Like, yeah. virtue alone, like, if I was in this movie, might make it to the last, you know, few yeah. before, I don't know, like, standing too close to a window and having, like, <laughs> a hand punch through and stab me in the neck or something. I don't know. Like, well, yeah. and I mean, to highlight some other, like, Aaron moments that I genuinely think I'm capable of, I mean, the first guy she kills, when she, like, kicks him in the balls hits him in the knee oh, and yeah. then just wails on him destroys his skull well oh my god we were talking part of me that's like yeah yeah like if i was in that situation I that's would. almost exactly what i yeah, would do. you keep going until you know they're dead yeah. like you don't yeah. you don't leave it an- yeah that's what we were talking about we were like you gotta double tap you yeah. have to don't leave any ambiguity like worry about it later like you just need to make sure they are down for the count yeah. so i think in that situation i think i'd be the same way yeah. plus you yeah. have the adrenaline you're just like i'm just gonna keep going until i know he's gone because yeah. i just am not you don't you can't waste yeah. i've seen enough horror movies to know that like oh i like shoot him he's down but then i'm like standing there like catching my breath and then in the background he slowly gets up i'm like no i'm hey, making sure that guy is movie. dead double like, tap yeah not in my movie yeah <laughs> like that guy's i i would meet cleaver oh that yeah. man i mean that's the, the way, way that whole sequence plays out it's like yeah but then like the thing with the camera like, I would oh never gosh. think of that. Like, I might think to destroy the bulbs with a log. That... Maybe. Watching her, like, do awesome. that with, like, no, like, like, no emotion. Like... Yeah. Just, like, with, like, just that power. Like, and she's just doing it. Like, she knows what she's doing. I was like, I could only dream of being so cool. <laughs> like... Yeah. Well, like, something... I, I would definitely get rid of the lights, but the camera thing is a distraction I wouldn't think yeah. of. Yeah. There's the scene in the movie where she pulls that giant piece of glass out of her leg. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was I hard to watch. I would faint on the spot. Yeah. I, oh. Yeah. yeah. But do you know what's crazy though? Is like you never know how you're going to be in a situation like this until you're in it. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that, that is true. You, like you, you think like, oh, this is the kind of person I am. And I've only been in one life or death situation in my life. And, and it was it was intense like it was it was very scary but i was really impressed with myself afterward because how i reacted was very much like okay we need to do this this and this like let's make sure we do you know and i i just like snapped into like take care of things mode and I was able, you know, and I, I cried a lot after, but, like, in the moment, you know, so I'm like, okay, so now I kind of have a sense of how I act in those kind of mm-hmm. situations, but granted, like, I wasn't, someone wasn't trying to murder me, so it's like, yeah. who really knows? <laughs> like, I, yeah, it's just, like, you don't know until those, those moments, even if they're fake, like, you don't, yeah. like, your body doesn't really know yeah, that you, it's fake. Yeah, it, it feels real in yeah. the moment, like, I felt very much like I was survival mode, and yeah. I made it out of there, so... <laughs> who knows yeah but yeah is anybody at erin level though like she's she's legit that was i feel like that could also be a criticism too of the film is that like oh she was like too smart like she made it like there was not enough like uh like the mary sue argument you know kind of 
about her. But I mean, I feel like that's why they wrote in that backstory yeah. for her, don't you think? Yeah. Just so that you couldn't be like, well, how did she, well, how was she so smart? Well, she was raised on a compound. And also, like, I liked the little detail that Crispin happened to not know that about yeah. her. Yeah. Like, it's interesting that he was willing to put her in this kind of situation. Like, what kind of test is that for a relationship, right? Like, oh, like, you know, how long have we been dating and I'm gonna have you watch my family get brutally murdered oh so that we have a witness and then, you know, traumatize you for the rest of your life but hey we'll have a lot of money but don't worry about your student loans babe we got it paid <laughs> we've got your student loans paid we'll pay Thanks the way my for you master plan my yeah. master plan he's like monologuing all i could think about was in the incredibles when frozone like he starts <laughs> monologuing i was like <laughs> like shut up crispin you have the, a stupid name and your words the, are stupid yeah too. i love the callback later in incredible sorry total tangent but oh, the callback later in Incredibles 2 where Syndrome's like talking and Mr. Incredible throws something at him he's like you sly dog you got me monologuing <laughs> so good that movie Such is good so callback. genius I love that movie oh right well I think I think we've broken down the movie we've broken down the killers we've broken yeah. down the victims I think now's the time where we figure out if we could achieve final boy status and final girl status so first up is final boy so this is this is the silver ranking means we serve, we don't have to survive the entire movie, but we make it through most of the movie. Where do you guys what do you guys think? Could you survive a good chunk of this movie? I <laughs> I want to say yes, but I feel like everyone wants to say yes. I think like what we talked about earlier, like if I like stuck to Aaron and I'm like, Yeah, like I'll listen to you, you you you've got it, clearly. I think I could make it pretty far, but I'm sure that I would do something stupid or, like, my anxiety would make me freeze up and then something would happen and I would be gone. I, yeah, yeah, I think same here. I I have confidence that I wouldn't be stupid in the beginning, but I think in the end, without having Aaron's background, you're just at too much of a yeah. disadvantage, especially with how outnumbered you are. Three, three killers and then three people within the family, that's six yeah. you know, yeah. that are in on it. And so I just feel like if I was none the wiser, I really probably wouldn't survive yeah. all the way to the end. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I'd make it far enough that, like, you wouldn't be like, wow, she was stupid and got herself killed. But, I mean, it, it would, seems it would inevitable. It would be a realistic death. Like, yeah. oh, like there's no way you could have got out of that one. Like, yeah. we, we don't think you're yeah. an idiot. Like, you tried your best. You get a gold star for effort. <laughs> okay. yeah. Gold star for sort effort. Sort of in you the tried. category of, like, the dad or Drake. Although, like, Drake obviously doesn't survive because he's smart. It's because he's passed out for, like, yeah. a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, so he's not running around into traps or whatever. Yeah. But, sur- but like, yeah, I could survive to, like, probably that point in the movie. Because, mm-hmm. like, as soon as, like, Felix takes things, like, into his own hands, oh, yeah. then for sure you're screwed. You're, yeah. you're done for. Yeah. yeah I like think... I said, it's that thing of the people around you, you're trusting them more and more with each passing minute just for them to stab you in the back. Yeah. Like, that's that's like an impossible obstacle to overcome yeah and i think the course that i probably would have tried to take had i been in this movie would be to get to the neighbors and try to get help yeah which like when i was watching it i was like you're stupid stay in the house but i'm like that's what i probably would have done like because you feel like you're a sitting duck you don't want to just get picked off one by one but then like she she has no idea that it's already hopeless and that the neighbor's already dead and i like when she realizes that that guy is like dead and stuff i'm i was just like no like yeah, the dread that scene was just so brutal yeah that so one was brutal. like i don't know why that kill was like because it was so different from the others i feel like it was more drawn out i i feel like because like the dad he got his like throat slit and a lot of it was like off camera too well and like luke said it, it wasn't as like not like slapsticky but it yeah. wasn't as like creative or funny it was just brutal it was yeah. just like hopeless <laughs> you were like, oh. yeah. she did not have she didn't yeah. stand a chance all right, so so what do you think, Chelsea? Final boy status? Could you could you get it? I think I could get final boy status. Yeah. So, Maybe barely. <laughs> same for you, Marissa. Yeah, I think I'd I'd barely eke in there. Yeah. This is the yeah. first movie we've covered for the podcast where I'm gonna say this, but I do not think I could get final boy status. You don't even movie. think you would make it that far? Really? I Marissa and I have the virtue of being girls, though. Yeah. Which yeah. we'll make it a little bit further, yeah. but that's true. <laughs> See, um, sidekicks. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I mean, I, I do have the yeah. bangs that she has in the movie. Like, her hair and my hair were similar, so maybe that would give me, like, staying power. Yeah. <laughs> it's similar aesthetics. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm screwed. See, I, and, you know, if we think of Drake as the final boy, I could probably get to about his standing in yeah. the movie, although more competently, I think. Yeah. <laughs> more than just being passed out. But again, I think the thing that I'm not going to be able to overcome is that in that moment of need, they're going to betray me. I mean, between the guy who is hiding in the house and keeps tricking them into yeah. thinking he's not in the house and True. between felix and z i just don't think i could make a meaningful stand in this movie i think I'd, i think i'd go out fairly early yeah i think that's fair yeah are we are we overestimating ourselves i think Marissa? we are a little bit no, but... no, it, it's all good like i said every other movie we've done so far i gave myself final boy status like without a second thought i was like yeah easy the power of friendship could get like me and you. <laughs> Marissa and I were there together. Yeah, we would okay. be final girls, plural. 100%. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, final girls. No, if it it was me on my own, I'd be out. I I think yeah, I'd barely eke it into like final boy status, but. There's know. no way I'm making final girl. I I I'm gonna solidly say final boy for myself only because you know you've got the fight or flight instinct. Mm-hmm. I'm a fight like hands down like if someone ever attacked me in a parking lot like I would be throwing hand- that's just my that's where my instincts are at and so I think maybe I would like I I don't know I'm gonna solidly yeah. give myself final boy so final boy status for some of us final girl status for none, none. of us none of us first, nobody nobody that's <laughs> a first on this podcast but at the same time I get it of course, now is the point where we do some pluggy plugs. So I will tell you, as always, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Luke Howiter. That's L-U-K-E-H-A-U-E-T-E-R. Uh, same spelling. You can also look up some of my music. It's out there. So you could find that if you want. Um, and now I, I turn the attention over to the lovely ladies in this room. And I want to bring up something specific plug-wise. <laughs> you guys have made a short film called Corner. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you want some backstory on how this came to be? Yeah, this is all Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I have a couple questions written down. Oh, and we're going to get a little specific. Yes. But first of all, yeah, like, where did the inspiration for this film come from? How did it come about? So, um, this was kind of mid-pandemic lockdown. So, a lot of this just wanting to make a short film in general came about from just wanting to be creative. Um, And things had opened up enough post like lockdown lockdown that we were able to kind of be around friends again and kind of keep things small but um I had definitely been just wanting to be creative and do something and make something because I was feeling so restless at home um and so I had been I had a couple of short horror film ideas kind of in my head that I had written down based off of the constraint of, okay, we have to film it in my house or in my apartment. (laughs) You know, we can't really go anywhere, can't have a lot of people. So I had those constraints, and um, there was an urban legend that had stuck with me since I was a little kid, you know, remember hearing hearing the story. Yeah, the clown statue story for the first time. So it just kind of was like, you know, that'll be easy. I'll adapt it, and we'll just roll with it. And so we just, that's (laughs) what it was. six foot. How tall is McKay? He's like six foot. Six two. Six I think. Six three. Six two. Oh dang. He's a he's a big boy. He was our clown statue. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't see well, him. There's an actor yeah. playing the clown statue. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I had. Yeah. Um. So I actually have. <laughs> I have a group of friends. Um, this will be this will this is my shout out to them. My we call they're called the Horror Hose, um, and the the background behind that name is that they're an off offspring of another group called the Musical Sluts. <laughs> so shout out to the Sluts and the Hose. Um, There's just like a funny little name, but you know there were a few of us within this larger group that realized we all love to watch horror movies, and so we started just getting together, all of us on the regular, and just watching scary movies, and that's just what we did, and yeah. so we just became the Horror Hose. Um, so yeah, so shout out to the hoes. <laughs> I love you guys. Um, but I had them over the night that I was filming just to kind of help with certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also the night Victoria called <laughs> for yes. the first time. Victoria. Um, someone has been calling my friend April and talking like a little Victorian ghost child. Yeah. And so we call That's, her Victoria. Wow. It was it was a magical night. Yeah, so. we, we have a we have a group chat that's like the Victoria fan club. But <laughs> yeah. like it's all of us talking that we're there that night. So. Yeah. So yeah, and it was the same group that filmed yeah. the short film. Anyway, more questions. <laughs> oh, okay. So um it's I wanna say by the way, it's beautifully shot. Like Thank it's you. it's eerie and it's 
visually stunning. We were watching Teen Beach Movie. <laughs> that's the movie that's playing. That's what I was going to ask. Kate. Okay. Ask if it was Teen okay. Beach Movie. <laughs> it was Teen Beach Movie. So <laughs> the story behind that. So I did all of the the shooting. So I directed it, but then I also I set up the shots with my with my little oh my gosh, what's it called? Tripod. Tripod. Thank you. What, what did you shoot with, by the way? Um, I was shooting with a Sony just DSLR camera. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it's a mirrorless. I wish I could tell you what model it is. I got it pretty recently, and I, it was the first time I'd ever shot video on it because I, I mostly, as you know, do photography, and I my photography is just creative weird portraiture. Like, it's not like... <laughs> but it's it's really beautiful as it's well. It's like, let me cover so myself with like... She's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. <laughs> your, your photography is beautiful, yeah. and it Thank translated you. really well to the film. Thank you. Yeah, so I used similar... Um, I don't know. It was my first time really shooting something and getting the angles that I wanted. But, you know, one of the big things that I really wanted for the the film was that atmospheric, you know, flashing of the TV lights in the living room with all the lights off. Yeah. I, I feel like that's really effective as far as something that people relate to, you know, sitting in the dark watching TV and having those lights flash. And so I needed something that was going to be dynamic and have lots of colors and shifts and changes. So I turned on Teen Beach Movie and I <laughs> muted it and I used that for the lighting. <laughs> And Marissa would, like, get distracted, like, watching the yeah, movie. Because it's, like, this cheerful, like, you know, fun in the sun. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it worked. It, it was exactly what I needed it to be. So that worked out. And then when I was doing the editing, I overlaid um, I Love Lucy because it looked black and white. Oh, okay. And I Love Lucy, the sound is, um, co- it's, like, copyright-free. It's, like, yeah, yeah, uh, in it's, public um, domain. public domain. So... So I was able to overlay that sound because I, I, the other thing that I really wanted au- audibly was the laugh track and the sitcom yeah. sound because it just is something that kind of blends into the background. Sound mixing yeah, actually. That was really cool. You, you I, did the sound mixing yourself? Yeah, I did all. <laughs> I did it's all. incredible sounding. Thank that you. That so was good. actually, it was my favorite part of editing. Um, I loved putting the clips together, but getting the sound mixing right like every person yeah. that i made watch it i'm like put your headphones in and be go in a dark room and just like really oh pay attention gosh. to the storytelling from the sound because i was really <laughs> proud of the sound mixing yeah. and when all I, of that is like really good, oh sorry oh sorry i was gonna say like all of the audio is actually overlaid too it was yeah we, like, had to, we had to do adr yeah on it. oh wow yeah because you, you did a really good job ADRing yourself by oh, the way thank you. i actually couldn't tell at all yeah marissa oh, really? did such a good job ADRing herself and i actually i Oh, that was my cameo. Was I was the voice on the yeah. other end of the phone. <laughs> I, I knew. I yeah. <laughs> so, so I was the voice on the other end of the phone, but and we were able to record that, and I was able to edit the sound for that to sound tinny and like it was coming through a phone, but I didn't really have any good way to capture sound on set, and so we just ended up having to ADR yeah, after. I locked, my, I, I locked myself in my like closet at my parents' house and just... Mm. You recorded it on your iPhone, right? Yeah, I recorded it on my iPhone. Oh, wow. See, that's what I meant. Like, when you have all of the tech you need to make whatever you want, like, yeah. at your fingertips. You really do. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, more questions. No, I, I, was, <laughs> I sympathize with that a lot. When I have a mix that I'm proud of, I'm like, everybody shut up. Get in my car. We're <laughs> like listening you to have, this. Well, I wish I could show you, like, the layers of sound because I had, like, I... So many. I removed what? any sound that I filmed in the room. We didn't... I didn't use any sound. And I, I overlaid white noise, I overlaid the TV, I overlaid, I, I, there were just like a few more atmospheric things that I added in to like kind of give that like, and then I added in score too, because I feel like score is so powerful in horror movies, like yeah. you just who, have who to. Who composed the music, by the way? I'm not sure. I legitimately, I got it off of just one of those websites that okay. like you pay and you yeah. can like purchase like a license for like free you know and i just like searched and searched and searched until i found something that i liked and that fit i mean ideally like one day i would love to like be able to work with people and like <laughs> actually collaborate oh, yeah. with creatives <laughs> on like writing score for stuff but yeah. i mean i, I was working i with could introduce I... you to some people <laughs> yeah. i would love that because i mean yeah i i was just working with what i had but yeah it was really i was fun. really curious about that what did you uh do the do the mixing in um, I used, oh, I wish I had my, I should have brought my iPad so I could show you all of this <laughs> stuff because I did all the editing on my iPad. I imported the footage onto my iPad and then I just, I did a lot of research onto different apps. I was just going to use iMovie, but I was like, I, it, this isn't going to give me the nitty gritty that I need to get into, especially for like color grading. Cause I did a lot of color grading on the, the yeah. frames and stuff. Um, so I, I, I ended up buying a program that I was really happy with that was pretty easy to edit. And I loved editing it on the iPad because 
I love the tangibility of using my fingertips to like spread clips, mm. cut, like it just felt very like interactive that way, um, which is why I wanted to do it on my iPad instead of my computer. You're like Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Tony Stark, extending things, moving things. But yeah, it, it ended up being, I don't know. I was really, I was super surprised with how well it turned out. And, you know, there was a lot of like, in the moment, like, I'm going to go down to the street and I'm going to see what we can see from the window outside and see if we yeah. can work with that. Or yeah. um, that final shot, because I, I had planned out all the shots beforehand when I wrote the script. Yeah. But that final shot um, I got from my porch that was kind of in the moment, mm-hmm. kind of working with, okay, what can we what can we get? What are the interesting oh, yeah. angles? Because we're working in my living room. Yeah. And I'm yeah. on, like, a third floor apartment. Like, we don't have a lot of options yeah, here. It was, so. it was, it was no. a little crammed like and the living room space in itself is like it's tiny it's tiny it's a tiny tiny little space so I had to work with different lenses to like try to get the scope Mm -hmm. of the room and like get the close-ups on Marissa her beautiful beautiful face oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) she's so perfect for that role thank you she killed it yeah thank you it's so good (laughs) you're so good I thought you've genuinely answered I I was like some of these questions she'll be like probably won't answer but no you answered all of them without you even asking (laughs) i'm like let me tell you but it was awesome (laughs) process yeah Um, yeah it was so much fun and it was just like it was such a fun creative project like i i got very wrapped up in it and yeah like there's so much going into the final products like color grading sound mixing like cutting everything together it's a a really labor like it's a labor intensive process but it was so worth it and it was so it was so cool too like putting it all together because really it was a passion project for myself right but it was fun getting to share it and then getting reactions from Mm -hmm. it you know showing it to my family like watching my mom be like that actually kind of freaked me out like that was the most (laughs) satisfying feeling in the world (laughs) like this one was only two minutes long yeah um that was my selling point when i was trying to get people to watch it i'm like it's only two minutes long just watch yeah. it. <laughs> like trying yeah. to get my parents to like watch it like it's only two minutes two minutes out of your day <laughs> uh so of course that is a short film called corner so podcast listeners people who listen on youtube go down to the reading <laughs> section i'll have a link there to the short film so everybody can watch it this is a podcast for people who love scary movies so watch a two minute <laughs> scary movie made by it's only two minutes guests. you guys it's only two only minutes, two minutes. <laughs> don't worry leave a little comment be like wow the directing in this is amazing and it comes to my email inbox so i'm like <sighs> call out something specific be like mm, the aperture on this is immaculate <laughs> great my lens eyes sparkle in the moonlight please <laughs> be like wow the girl in this is so cute who oh is goodness. she like, who is she <laughs> she's single comments. fellas <laughs> You scroll down and all these comments are written by Marissa? It's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I didn't switch it to my other accounts. I'm so sorry. I'm so Whoopsie. sorry. Whoopsies. I've been found out. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure that that's uh, tagged and everything so people can find their way to that film. Is Sweet. there anything else you guys would like to plug while you're here? We could. <laughs> we could? We could. Um, let's just say if you didn't hate listening to Marissa and mine's voices. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you didn't hate that and if you would like to listen to us talk more you may have a chance to do that in the future. Because we're working on... We're working on a little podcast, podcast. project of our own. Yes. <laughs> oh. uh, but we're just going to... We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, that'll be our Mysterious. little teaser. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be a little bit teaser. Maybe we can plug social media or something. I don't... I don't... Don't follow me on Twitter. It's not... It's not a I, I don't site. want anyone seeing the things Nobody that look I at my Twitter. I sometimes feel weird about plugging my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Your Twitter is not as degenerate as ours is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to we were be fair. Venom last most, night. Uh, oh, Luke. Oh, yeah. Luke follows that. both oh, of us. that's true. You saw the Let's the just Venom say, discourse. instead of Skittles, it was almost a Venom action figure. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so good next time next uh, time next time just kidding he's never inviting his back he's never these girls like, are oh my gosh. Crazy. actually like, i'm putting it by Kylo the way i'm Ren. putting it on audio now you guys are invited back whenever you'd like we're literally gonna be watching horror movies. i will Let's always come back and talk horror with if you, you do a scream episode I will always know what you did <gasps> scream, last scream. don't even talk about it. i will always know what you did last summer we watched that for no. this podcast it was okay yeah. if you do scream all-time favorite movie I I can't, I'm not gonna talk about it on mic, but we can talk about our we can talk about our schedule off mic. Okay. <laughs> In our apartment, yes. we we love and respect Sydney Prescott. Literally, Sydney Prescott's the greatest. She is the best final girl the of best. all time. I love Sydney. She's Prescott amazing. Her and Ripley. I mean, you've seen my scream photos. Ripley, Sydney Prescott, and now Aaron, whatever her last name is. Aaron 
Australian Hall girl. Of, <laughs> Hall of Fame final girl. So do we call, I'm just curious, do we call Danny from Midsummer a final girl? Does she count? It's like out, out of genre, uh, no. but no, you wouldn't say so? No. No. <laughs> I'm just curious. We I've love. seen her. I've seen her I'm, on. I'm, you can. I, no, <laughs> I've, I've seen her on final girl lists and I've been curious. I'm like, it's, it's a little out of genre, but she is technically the last one standing. Yeah. So. so my, my, okay. Hmm. I, am I might need queen. to talk about this off mic. Oh, no. <laughs> but, okay, if I were to summarize quickly how I feel, Danny is not in a horror movie. She's in a fairy tale. Ooh, I Everyone like that. else in that That's movie nice... is in a horror movie. It's a nice perspective. Nice so she doesn't quite fit that category. I love that. I, I like love that. that. And, you know, it's a horrible fairy tale. <laughs> it's like a f- weird found family. Like It's like if Lilo and Stitch took a really dark time <laughs> like if Lilo and Stitch involves bashing people's faces in. If and Lilo it. joined a fascist death cult. <laughs> they c- is that not what Hawaii is? is they, they, cut, they cut Stitch open and put Nani in. We're on mic right now. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. The things that I choose to I feel say. like I'm you were so banned sorry. from she our apartment. For, she went for the jugular. <laughs> really? Wow. Okay. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. Just cut that out and then. All right. It's okay. Never have to talk like about I said, it. I um, cut a lot of things that I've said. Well, yeah, that's. Ooh, okay. Okay, on that note. On that note. Thanks for inviting us, Luke. Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. Yeah, thanks and... for having us. That it's so fun to get to just like be with friends and talk about my favorite things yeah. in the world, horror Loved movies. It. So one of our favorite things. Yeah, no, I don't know why. My I, favorite I, things: like... murder, slashers, killing, final girls. It's sex next to dead moms. Sex next <laughs> to dead moms. <laughs> Perfect. My dream. Just kidding. I almost said that. I, I literally was going to say something like that. And I was like, no, I already said too many cursed things. I, I would love to lose my virginity. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh, Chelsea. So much cursed content. Stop it. <laughs> Please don't use this against me. <laughs> anyway. See well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you to my guests. And everybody have a wonderful night. This is Final Boy Status signing out. Adios. Bye. Bye. <laughs> This has been an underqualified Idiocracy Media production, produced by Lanson Lappin, Adam Bone, and Luke Houter. You can find additional content and Final Boy status updates on the YouTube channel for Underqualified Idiocracy Media. Uncut and extended episodes are available at patreon.com slash lukehouter. Theme music was written by Rachel Robison. You can hear more of Rachel's music at rachelrobisonmusic.com. You can also find her work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Robel Racheson. Temporary artwork provided by Luke Howder and Lewis Conrad. This podcast was recorded in underqualified studios and edited by Luke Howder with special thanks to Mike Fuchs for providing audio assistance. The illustrious voice acting providing the intro and outro to this episode is Shane Alvey of the Paradox Files voice acting. You can explore more of his work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at The Paradox Files. Thank you for tuning in. And never say, I'll be right back.